Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Hey, I'm Sarah Bivens. And I'm Matthew Bivens. And this is the Doing It at Home podcast, the only podcast dedicated to empowering, loving, and honest conversations around home birth. What started as a fun way for us to document our own home birth journey has turned into a platform for sharing birth stories, resources, and education with the goal of empowering mamas and families to make the birth decisions that work best for them. Plus, we get into the antics, breakdowns, and breakthroughs of our own experience of marriage and parenthood. All right. You ready, babe? Yep. Let's do it, mama. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks so much for being here. We appreciate you. If you are listening right now and you have not subscribed to the show yet, please do so. Just hit that little subscribe button in whatever platform you are listening with. Let us know that you're listening. If you are on social media, if you're on Instagram, tag us, D-I-A-H podcast in your stories or a post and just let us know. Say hi. You can also reach out with questions and comments, etc at hello at diahpodcast.com. That's our email. And don't forget the swag. Don't forget the doing it at home gear. You can check out our shop on our website or in the show notes. In every episode, you will see show notes below there with links to all of the relevant things and topics we discuss in the episode. And then you can also check out the link in our Instagram page if you're there. You know, we have links to various things that you can get to from there. So we have a cool episode for you today. It is a throwback. It originally aired back in August of 2018, and it's with our friend Janie Barnes. And we wanted to share this episode to celebrate and share with you Janie and a friend of hers, Dr. Vivian, just launched a podcast, Birthing Outside the Box. And we're really excited for them, of course, because we love the topic and we love what we're up they're up to. And so I thought it'd just be cool to reshare Janie's story with you. And then they also talk about it on birthing outside the box. So you can check it out there along with the other stories and content that they're going to be putting out there. And it's some really great stuff and we're really excited for them. Dr. Vivian is a chiropractor and Janie is a doula and a home birth mama. And so a lot of great things to be discussed there. So go check it out. Birthing outside the box. We'll put a link in the show notes for you there and check it out. So here's our episode with Ginny back in August of 2018. 
So we're chatting with Janie Barnes today, and Janie lives in Raleigh, North Carolina with her husband, Greg, and their children, Nora and Leo. And now Janie herself was born at home, okay? And then in her extended family, there have been a collective of over 30 home births and over 40 chiropractors in the extended family, just to throw that out there, because I think that's amazing. So all of that taken into account, it was kind of a no-brainer and just something that you did as far as Janie was concerned to, one, have your babies at home, and then when it came time for her to have hers, to do it unassisted. And so we hear about that process of going into the experience, planning, the mental preparation, all of that, and then, of course, the beautiful, magical birth stories themselves. So it's an amazing Amazing story and conversation, and I know you're going to love it. Here it is. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hi, Janie. Welcome to the Doing It at Home podcast. How are you? Very good. I'm thrilled to be on. Thank you so much. Yay. We're thrilled to have you too. Yeah, we are. <laughs> okay. So there's a lot of really cool things that we're going to get into here, but real quick, I'm just going to like hold myself back. <laughs> and first, just tell us a little <laughs> bit about yourself and um, your family and where you are and what you're up to. Okay. Well, my name is Janie. I'm uh, originally from Canada, but now I live in Raleigh, North Carolina with my husband, Greg, and we have two kids. My first uh, born was Nora, and my second born was Leo. Beautiful. Awesome. And how they were born and the circumstances around all of that and the decision making up to that is is a great story, is a story in and of itself. It's why you're here, right? Yeah. So I want to get into a little bit of that and just kind of where you came from as far as um, your relationship to birth or how you saw birth um, approached in your family. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to share that. Well, I have over 40 chiropractors in my family. Wow. Um, my husband's a chiropractor as well, so that's great. And um, I guess that's probably where the home birthing started is just from, you know, the chiropractic philosophy and just that way of living. So within the extended family, um, we have over 37, well, I think it's right around 37 home births, and that's um, like a second generation now. So myself and all my brothers, um, the majority of my cousins were all born at home. And then now the second generation has mostly been born at home as well. So the total is about 37. That's incredible. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, 
are there are there communities or are there pockets where your family's located that people know them as that? Or like are there parts of Canada where they're like, oh yeah, that's the home birthing like people? <laughs> um I don't think so. Maybe back in the day when we were all in Winnipeg still, okay. but we're pretty um spread out now between Canada and the United States kind of all over. Mm. So I don't think people necessarily I mean in the chiropractic world I think people know about us because there's over 40 of us so it's one of the largest chiropractic families um but in the home birth circles um I don't think so actually which is yeah I hope people do hear about it because it's pretty cool Mm -hmm. yeah that I'm already thinking like that's a TLC show or like that's a that's a show you know like a family full of chiropractors that birth at home like in the 30 something odds you know of births and then 40 people practicing chiropractic that's just awesome (laughs) yeah yeah it is really cool I feel very blessed to be a part of that family for Mm. sure and so you said you know when we exchanged some emails back and forth you know you've known your whole life that babies you know, were born at home or could be born at home and were. So I'm curious, did anything pop up in your youth or as you were getting older, you know, any funny um, like playground conversations or or conversations with um, kids in school about birth who were coming from a very different context? Did anything like that ever pop up for you, like juxtaposed to what you knew and understood? Um, not necessarily regarding birth. Okay. Um, I mean, I was definitely, you know, we, we live differently in all kinds of aspects. So certainly, I mean, some things came up here and there where it'd be like, oh, this is how we do it or this is what we did or whatever. But it was never, I think it's, it's more today, it's more like people are more shocked for some reason. If you say, oh, I was born at home or I had my kids at home or whatever, they're like, wow, like it seems like people are more sheltered if that's even possible Mm. than they were back then. I don't think people ever had a reaction of like, what, you were born at home? Really? Like I never really had that reaction, but yeah, I mean, that was just the culture in our family for the most part. Not everybody was born at home, but Mm -hmm. the vast majority was. So it was just kind of the culture. It was just like, I just, I just never even really knew about hospital births. This is all I ever knew was home births. So I just always knew that that's what I would do Mm -hmm. whenever I, you know, became pregnant and had babies. So. And now was there a mixture in the family of um, midwifery assisted uh, births or unassisted or remote? Was it more one or the other? I think it was more, my aunt is a midwife. Okay. Um, She, yeah. So she, um, I think, was at a lot of um, that generation, like, so for her birth, and then like my mom's birth, and, um, you know, my dad's siblings and all that, like, she was maybe probably for a lot of their birth was there. And then the second generation, depending on where they lived, um, found a midwife. And I think for me, and one of my cousins who actually lives in outside of Atlanta, we were the two only ones that did unassisted. Okay. As far as I know, everybody else had a midwife. Right. So tell me a little bit about that. You know, what um, led to the decision of unassisted and and those kind of details? Because I'm sure it was a, a number of various variables. Yeah. I mean, I, in North Carolina, you can have a certified nurse midwife um, be at your home birth, but not a uh, practicing midwife. And I just, 
I think my views and I would feel more comfortable with a practicing midwife as opposed to a nurse midwife. Mm -hmm. So I knew I didn't want that kind of midwife at my birth. And so I just thought, well, let me just try and find somebody, you know, if I can find somebody that's kind of underground and, you know, I'll meet with them. And if it's a good fit, then, you know, I wasn't opposed to having a midwife. So I searched high and low um, before I was pregnant. And then finally, when I got pregnant, and I was only able to find one midwife, um, kind of underground, quote unquote. And so I did meet with her. And um, in my opinion, like you have to have a really good connection with your midwife, it has to be the right fit. So I wasn't going to hire her just because she was the only one and I wanted a midwife there. For me, it had to have been like, you know, like kind of love at first sight kind of thing. Like you just, you're completely on the same page and you just feel so confident in them and vice versa. And you just, you know, so it, it, that wasn't the case for her. And so I just, you know, I decided, okay, well, she was the only one I could find. And so I'm not going to have her, then we'll just do it by ourselves. And I knew in North Carolina that that could have been an option and I was totally fine with that. So we just went ahead with that plan. Wow, that's awesome. Because I wonder, yeah. you know, I imagine a lot of people would feel very frustrated not having found a midwife that worked for them. Uh, but you, you know, you were just, you just seemed like you were so so trusting and confident and, and cool with everything. That's like, you know what? The midwife doesn't fit. So we're going to go this route. And, uh, and I think that's amazing. Yeah, exactly. And, and I have since found like through some of my friends that have done home births and some of our patients through the office, um, they've used other midwives. And so since then I found other ones and they're, they're great. So had, you know, had I found them, I could have potentially, had one, but I was totally fine with doing it. And I'm so glad the way that everything, like it was, it was perfect and it was exactly what I wanted. So mm. how, uh, how did and, great... and... Oh, go ahead. Well, I just, I was just going to say that like growing up with a chiropractor as your dad, he's really the only one that ever took care of me. I never, we never went to a doctor. We didn't have family physicians or primary care physicians. Like we only ever just you know, got adjusted and ate well and is healthy that way. So I've never been under the care of anybody other than a family member. So it, it, it was kind of weird for me to think like, oh, like somebody else is going to be taking care of me during my pregnancy and birth and all that. Like, so it always has kind of been, you know, me taking care of myself mm. in that sense. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. Just so this I kind almost self-sufficient approach, right? So I almost felt more comfortable by myself than having somebody else there. That's awesome. That's yeah. really cool. I'm curious, what were Greg's uh, feelings on going unassisted? Um, he was totally fine with it too. Mm. Um, you know, a lot of the husbands that he's interviewed you know, they get on board eventually, but he's been on board since the beginning, it, probably because of the chiropractic factor, you know, he's just kind of in that natural realm anyways. Um, and he was fine with it. He was like, yeah, if we can find a midwife, that's great. And if not, then we'll just do it ourselves. And, 
I mean, it's not to be taken lightly. Obviously, we did a ton of research. We knew what we were doing. We didn't like go into it blindly, just being like, "Yeah, let's have a baby." You know? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So he was fine with it. He was totally on the same page. Mm. I'm glad you said that because absolutely, folks could think that you know, wow, you just you just you know didn't. Uh, maybe the assumption is it's irresponsible, right? Or you haven't done your research, and and it's just sort of well, can't find a midwife, so let's just do it ourselves. But you all knew what you were doing, and it was in you had you had experienced these things through your family with all the different home births, and you know it just seemed like it aligned really well with your lifestyle. So there was there was a lot that went behind that decision, is what I'm intuiting. Yes, absolutely, and um, you know we did speak with my aunt, who's a midwife, so we you know got some coaching from her and. She lives in Canada, so she, you know, she couldn't be there. But we, you know, we met with her um, in person one time, and then we, you know, texted back and forth during the birth a little bit. And I did have a chance to meet with my cousin too, who had had three unassisted home births. So it was, you know, really great to get her perspective on everything too. Wow. What are some, yeah. if you can think of any right now, um, very great go-to or general things for a mother or family who is moving towards an assisted home birth or is, you know, making that decision, whether it's, you know, a resource, a, a thing, like, is there anything that you would kind of um, share with them? Um, you, yeah, definitely. There's, there's two parts to it. Like you need your ducks in a row in that sense. Like you need to have, you know, whatever equipment you need or whatever you're going to, you know, whatever's necessary for the actual birth of it. You need to know what you're doing, how to cut the cord, blah, blah, blah. But the other part of it, and whether you have a midwife or not, but mostly if you're unassisted, if there's not anybody that you're kind of relying on for guidance, like your mind has to just be like, a steel trap. Like you just have to be so strong mentally and there can be no room for fear or any of that. Like you just have to be like, all right, it's go time. And you have to prepare for that. You know, I prepared years in advance and, um, when it came down to it, like I was, I was as strong as you could get. So I, I would say that's the biggest part of it for any birth, but especially if you're going to do it unassisted, obviously mm -hmm. your mind has to be totally on. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Can, can you think of any aspects or traits um, 
if someone is grappling with it or, you know, wants to do unassisted but aren't sure, are there any that you could highlight as not like red flags, but if someone's doing this or having this type of feeling, like maybe unassisted isn't the best route for you, or like maybe just so, um, seek out some more more options or do a little bit more research before you dive in. I can only speak to, because I don't know that many, I don't know if I know other people that have done unassisted other than just my cousin and I. Mm. So I can only speak to the two of us. And like for us, it was like, it was just so not a big deal. Like it was just mm. like, yeah, this is, I think that's it. Like if there's, it either is or it isn't. Gotcha. If you're, I don't think you're going to be like in a middle or like you're either going to do it or you're not going to do it. I mm. don't think if you need, if you need convincing, then probably you shouldn't be doing by yourself. Right. Right. Yeah. I imagine that it really is a, a an empowered choice. You know, like, Absolutely, this is yeah. what we're going to do. And and there's that feeling, like you said, behind it. Like, yeah, this is what we're going to do. Awesome. Yeah. I'm curious, what sort of things did you talk about with your, your cousin who had done the three unassisted? Like, what topics came up in those conversations? Or what questions were you asking her as you were preparing? Um, I think I was like... I think I must have been pregnant at the time because pregnancy brain and then now mom brain. I, just, <laughs> I, I, I vaguely remember that conversation. I, I know we met at Starbucks. We sat down and I just asked her some questions. I probably asked her like, what should I read? Mm. How do you know? Like, how do you know when to push? Blah, blah, you know, stuff like that. Just the, the typical things that I don't know. I, I don't really remember, but I just remember walking away from that conversation just being like, yeah, I could totally do it. Like she just, I I remember her just like being so confident in the way that she did it. And it's not a big deal. You know, she didn't make it out to be like this big thing. Like it was just like, you know, your body's meant to do this. You can do this. So I just remember walking away with, with confidence being like, all right, Mm. you know, this is good. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, well, I want to hear whatever details are still there or that you can still remember. I know you said pregnancy and mom brain are so real and two babies, but (laughs) (laughs) I would love to hear some of the details of of birthdays, you know, whether that's kind of simultaneous or you're jumping in and out of of one or the other. You remember things um, as they come. Um, I just I know I'm I'm super excited to hear. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Well, I guess I'll start with my first then, Nora. She's going to be four in October. Um, so with her, I had, um, I'll just go back a couple of years before I got pregnant with her. Actually, I had the great honor of going to a patient's hospital birth and I just, um, cause she was, you know, kind of, she was pretty fearful and she didn't have any kind of real support system. So she was like, you know, can you come, can you come stay with me in the hospital? I was like, absolutely. So anyways, that, that whole experience just completely changed my life. And I just really, it opened me up to the birth world. And so ever since that, I just read every single book I could. I watched every single movie I could. I listened to everything I could. So it it was a, a couple of years before I got pregnant, but I just like, 
was so immersed in the birth in the natural birth world and the home birth world from reading things online and books and all that, that mentally I was like, okay, I'm preparing myself for when I do get pregnant and have my own home birth. So, um, I got pregnant. My pregnancy was great. I, um, you know, the first three months were a little, whatever I didn't, I would never got sick with either kids. I never threw up or anything, but I just felt, you know, queasy and dirty. You don't want to eat certain things, but overall I felt great. I worked out the entire pregnancy and I was just totally prepared for her birth. So, um, I was, when I went into labor, I was 40 weeks plus, um, three days, I think, or four days, 40 weeks plus four days. And I, we always would work out my husband and I together at noon. So we went to our workout and towards the end of my pregnancy, I would always get like a tightness during the work at the bottom of my belly. If I like kind of was going a little bit too hard, my body was like, okay, you need to slow down a bit. Just, you know, so towards the end of my pregnancy, I would get that quite a bit. And so I would just know to kind of slow down and back off. And then, so on this Monday, um, the, it was the end of the workout. I was getting that tightness in my belly. And then after like 10 or 15 minutes, it wasn't going away where normally it would go away very quickly as soon mm. as I kind of got my heart rate back down and stuff. And then we decided to go grab some lunch before heading home. And it, the tightness was, was still not going away. And it was getting, um, a little bit worse fairly quickly. So I was like, okay, like, is this it? I mean, you don't know, right? When it's your first, you're like, it could be, it could not be. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't contractions. It was just like, my belly felt very tight. And like, I mean, I guess painful, but just really tight is more what I can say. And so we just, instead of eating at the restaurant, I was like, let's just take it to go. Cause I don't feel like I can like sit through a meal. So we grabbed it to go and in the car ride home, it the tightness turned into contractions where it was like, okay, I knew absolutely like, yeah, this is definitely it. So, and they, they started off like crazy right from the get go. It was like, I mean, I wasn't timing it and we consciously made a decision. Like we're not going to time our contractions because really it doesn't matter. Um, so we never timed them, but I was looking at the clock like in the car sitting there I was like okay I just had one and then I would look at the clock as like two minutes later I was like oh my goodness I'm having another one and so they were like right on top of each other right from the get-go so I was like okay well if I'm in labor like we still need a few things so we stopped at Target really quick and uh, we got a few things and it was I remember walking through Target and it was like I couldn't talk anymore I had to like just focus and get in the zone. And my mom was with me and my husband was with me and we just got what we needed. We got back in the car, went home and like, they were both like, Oh yeah, like this is definitely it. Cause mm-hmm. I just, I stopped talking and I was just really focused. So we got home. We, you know, they had, they ate their food and I tried eating my lunch and it just was not happening. I just was not, wanting to eat anything. It wasn't going down. So after lunch, we were like, all right, well, let's go for a walk. 
So um, Greg and I walked around the neighborhood, not for very long, but I had a little moment where I broke down on the walk. I started crying because I was like, I'm only like 45 minutes into this or an hour, whatever it was. And it's really bad. Like, what is, what is this going to look like, you know? Mm. And I just, I cut it off right away and I got back in my head and I was like, no, like, forget about it. There's no room for fear here. There's no room for negativity. There's no room to get down on yourself. You can do this. Just get it together and let's go. So I did. I just, yeah, I just, I stopped it in its tracks, whatever that little moment thing happened. So we kept walking. We got back home. Um, it was fairly quiet. My in-laws were there at our house and my mother-in-law was on the sewing machine. She was making the baby a blanket. And I just remember like walking back and forth and I just could hear that sewing machine. And I was like, Nope, I can't deal with that sewing machine. So I was like, (laughs) all right, it's time to go. I was like, it's time to go upstairs to our bedroom. So Greg and I went upstairs to our bedroom and I took lots of showers. I uh, was squatting a lot. I was screaming a lot. Um, Nora was sunny side up, so she, her, she was face up. So I had back labor like it was nobody's business. It was unbelievable. So I kept like screaming at Greg to squeeze my hips. And he was and his poor arms. He literally squeezed my hips for like 20 hours. (laughs) Um, So anyways, this went on. And like I said, I don't have a concept of time because we weren't tracking time and we weren't looking at the clock. Like I was so in the zone that like I wasn't other than screaming for squeezing my hips. I wasn't talking. He wasn't talking. We were both just really focused. He was giving me space other than when I asked him to do something. I was in and out of the shower constantly. And then at some point, like my water never broke with Nora. So at some point I remember like, you know, stuff just started leaking out. Like it wasn't water, but it was like, you know, maybe my mucus plug or something like that. I'm not sure. And then he was like, okay, that's, that's a good sign. You know, we're, we're moving in the right direction. And he was just, you know, giving me positive encouragement like that throughout, but not like over the top, like every five seconds, it was just like, appropriate you know Mm. whenever he felt like maybe it was a a good time he would you know say something like that um and then finally it got to a point like it was just so bad and so he's like all right well let's just get in the tub and you know they always say like don't get in the tub too soon but he was just like whatever if it gives (laughs) you relief it gives you relief so let's get in the tub so not let but let's get you in the tub um so I got in the tub and I was in the tub for a long time but he kept you know adding warm water and keeping the temperature right and all that and um I pushed for my mom remembers or I remember her saying it was something like five hours she was like I just couldn't believe you pushed for that long but Mm. so I I have no clue how long it was but she remembers it being somewhere along the lines of five hours maybe so in the tub, I was like just kind of sitting over, or leaning over the edge and squatting 
And I, whatever it came time to push, I pushed for probably five hours. And then I could feel like towards the end, I could feel her head, you know, coming down and coming back up and then coming down and going back up and then coming down. And then finally, you know, the whole ring of fire came and her head came out. And then I could feel that she had hair and all I wanted was a baby with hair. (laughs) So when I reached down there and felt this head full of hair, I was like, she has hair. Or I didn't know she was a girl, but the baby has hair, the baby has hair. And it was like, it was like that little thing that I needed to get to the finish line, Mm. you know? It was so awesome. So then I don't know how many more pushes after that. Um, her body came out and, you know, she came right on my chest and she was covered in vernix and I just rubbed it in her skin and, you know, she coughed up all kinds of stuff. And I had been squatting for like, I mean, I don't know, but it had to have been like 10 hours. Wow. So my legs when I finally sat back down to like hold her, like my legs were totally numb. And so that like, it made it hard for the placenta to come out because I couldn't like get into a proper position for, you know, to help it come out and all that. So we like, I think a good 30, 45 minutes maybe had gone by and it still hadn't, well, a chunk of it had come out, but the the like 75% of it hadn't come out yet. And so we were texting my aunt. She was like, all right, we'll get her to the toilet because that position sitting on the toilet will help it come out and try to, to get the baby to breastfeed. That way that'll help it to come out as well. So I had to literally be carried over to the toilet because I couldn't walk. My legs were just totally numb. And so I did sit on the toilet and sure enough, like 15, 20 minutes later, it did come out. And then we... You know, I had a shower, all that, got back in bed. Greg adjusted Nora. He adjusted (sighs) me. Uh And it was just, it was amazing. Wow. So that was Nora. That's awesome. That's so cool. That might have been all over the place, but I've actually never, like, from start to finish, like, said my birth story. So it's kind of fun. Oh, that's amazing. Well, I'm so glad we could be a part of that. So then what about um, Leo? What what showed up there that was either similar or different? Leo was totally different in every way. His pregnancy was, yeah, his pregnancy was, I feel like it was harder, but I mean, physically it wasn't, but maybe it's just because I had a toddler. I was mm. maybe more tired and, you know, all that. I'm not sure. But it to me, it, it felt like it was just, you know, it was harder to get through that. Mm. And um, my actually a, a year before he was born, my grandmother, who was like my person, my best friend, my confidant, she passed away. So um, that whole year I got pregnant probably three months after she had passed away. So that whole year was just, you know, grieving and I was pregnant and just kind of all kinds of stuff. So, um, with Leo, I was due on December 18th. And so here I'm thinking, Oh, well, Nora was a few days late. He'll probably be a few days late. We'll have a Christmas baby. It'll be so cute. There'll be a matching pajamas, (laughs) but no, (laughs) he had a different plan um, he was born at 42 weeks. So I went two weeks over with him and I really firmly believe that 
um, whether it's natural or not, a pregnancy shouldn't be induced or the birth should not be induced. Mm. So, you know, people say have sex and eat spicy food and whatever. Like in the (laughs) end, it's it's not going to like hurt anything, but I just really firmly believe that the baby will come when it's ready and we shouldn't try and coerce the baby to come out faster or, you know, like just time. Everybody just gives the baby time. It'll happen when it needs to happen. Right. So like, I just was, it wasn't even on my radar to like try and do something to try and get the baby to come out faster or whatever. So I got to 42 weeks, which was December 30th. And I was texting with a girlfriend of mine. She was like, why don't you try acupuncture? And I was like, no, I don't want to like induce the baby for the birth. I just want to, you know, let everything happen. I mean, he's not going to be in there forever. So he'll eventually come out. (laughs) And she was like, she's like, well, you get adjusted. And that's just like supporting your body and like making sure everything's great. So she's like, just look at acupuncture in the same way. Like it's just supporting your body, making sure everything's fine. And I was like, okay, I'm 42 weeks. Let's do it. So I did actually go in for acupuncture that day. Um, We made an appointment for four o'clock. We went in. He worked on me for about an hour. So we left there at like five. And he was like, all right, well, it was Friday, right? So he's like, okay, if the baby's not born over the weekend, then you come back on Monday. He's like, but in the meantime, you can eat pineapple, have some pineapple juice. That might, you know, help. You can you know, he gave me a few things that I could do. And I was like, okay, well, let's go to Whole Foods then on the way home and we'll pick up some pineapple. So we got to Whole Foods and I was like, all right, well, let me just go pee first. Went to the bathroom, sat down, my water broke. Oh, wow. Whole and it was literally 30 minutes after I left the appointment. Mm. Wow. I was like, I was like, okay, so acupuncture really does work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I had to- <laughs> You know, I had heard of it working before. Like I knew other people that had done it, that it worked, but I, I don't know. I wasn't banking on it working. I was just like, whatever, we'll give it a try. Right. So I was like, wow, that's, that was 30 minutes ago and it's already happening. So we, um, quickly got what we needed and we went home and our, his whole family was there. My mom and brother were there. And so we, and they had ordered pizza or something. So we like sat and ate and I had no contractions at this point. Like my water broke, but I didn't feel anything happening after that. So then we were, we told everybody eventually we're like, okay, so my water broke. So can you guys leave now? So we asked everybody to leave because it was going to obviously happen sometime soon. And so they all left and about eight o'clock, so my water broke at 5.30 and then at about 8 o'clock at night, we decided to go for a long walk outside. So we walked the neighborhood and then I started getting contractions on the walk. And they started off pretty hot and heavy, just like with Nora. They were, I mean, with Nora, it felt like there were no breaks whatsoever. They were just, even if there was a minute or something, it didn't feel like a minute. It felt like I had no breaks. But with him, I definitely could feel there was a break in between the contraction, the contraction. So um, we kept walking and then they were getting to a point where I was like, all right, we could probably head back home now. They're getting to a point where let's go to our room. So we went back home. We went right up to the room. 
Um, and I took a couple showers and then things were progressing pretty quickly. So Greg was like, do you want to get in the tub now? I was like, yep. So I got in the tub. Um, and (coughs) excuse me, he put on my brother's music. He's a pianist. Mm. So he put on my brother's music in the background, which was like, I didn't think I wanted any, like, I didn't prepare a playlist and I didn't like want anything. Like, I just really wanted quiet so I could be like in my zone, but he suggested it. And I was like, yeah, and he did. And it was like, so amazing. I was so glad that he suggested that. And so we listened to his piano playing in the background and then, that's cool. And then like, I was like, I started pushing and then I was like, his head is coming. And Greg was like, what? Like he was in (laughs) shock because he was like, so this is only like, so eight o'clock. And then he was born at one 13. So this was maybe around, um, just right before one, I guess. So this is only like three, four hours into it. Like, and he was expecting it to be an all nighter again. Like he was just ready to go. Right. So when I started pushing and I was like, his head is coming out, he was like in shock. He was like, I can't believe it. And like two and a half, three pushes later, he was out totally. (laughs) So it was, it was a totally different birth. It was fast and not as painful because I didn't have that back labor from the first time and the most crazy ridiculous amazing thing was that he was born at 113 and my grandma died at 111 exactly a year before that wow 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 so it was like so perfect that's incredible that's beautiful it is incredible yeah I got goosebumps when you said, like, I just felt it kind of go through my body. It was like, we just knew, like, all of us, we were like, okay, that's why you're two weeks late is because Mimi is what I called her. Mimi had some kind of, you know, her hand all over this because she wanted that baby to be born on her anniversary, on her one year anniversary. So, and he was. Wow. And January 1st, right? Uh, December 31st. December 31st. So like that space too, between like the, a year closing out and a new one beginning too. That's just like, right. Exactly. Like everything is just, and that happened to me, my brother's birthday as well. Just there's, it's just, yeah, it was amazing. I am so, you know, those two weeks were hard, but I'm so thrilled Mm. that he came came, and it was just perfect. That's really magical. Yeah. So what was that night like after Leo came out? Uh, where was Nora when, uh, when, when you were in labor? Nora was sleeping. She slept through the whole thing. Oh. I wasn't quite as lo- I wasn't quite as loud this time. I was nervous that I was going to be as lo- like, cause with Nora, I was so loud. I was screaming <laughs> and, um, I was nervous that I was going to be so loud and like wake her up and stuff, but I didn't. And she, um, slept through the whole thing. So the next morning, so yeah, so he was born, um, you know, same thing. I took a shower or the placenta came out much faster this time, like in the tub. And then I got out, took a shower. Um, and then Greg adjusted the baby, adjusted me, you know, we, oh yeah, I didn't mention. So Nora was eight to eight pounds, two ounces. And Leo was nine pounds, two ounces. Mm. And Healthy there babies. was yes. no tearing. Yeah. No tearing of any kind. And, I felt, you know, obviously it 
you know, you feel what you feel after, but I recovered really fast mm. and it was the healing afterwards was really great. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So, so we all just kind of went to bed after. Oh, and then, uh, I'm curious, what was Nora's reaction when she saw her, her brother Leo for the first time? Um, just like it was normal. Like it mm. wasn't like, cause I guess we had been, you know, we had the birth tub set up, you know, ahead of time. And so, and I would like show her pictures of her birth tub and be like, you know, this is where you were born and you had a blue birth tub and this is Leo's birth tub Aww. or, you know, we didn't know it was Leo at the time, but this is the baby's birth tub and it's green. And so she kind of, I don't know, like she woke up the next morning and she came in and it was just kind of like normal that he was there. She didn't really have like a crazy reaction to it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Those yeah, are some pretty cute. great details for yeah. the two births that you weren't quite sure you would have all of the pieces together, but I feel like I've followed along and I feel like I was there. <laughs> yeah, me too. Okay, well, good. I'm glad I was able to communicate it properly. <laughs> That's amazing. I have um, one question comes up for me, and it's just because like, I'm a nerd and I'm a dork, and this is where my brain goes as far as some logistical things are. What, yeah, yeah. like, with doing an unassisted birth, so something like the birth certificate and things like that, how do you do yeah. that or go about that? Or were there a couple other elements of things that you just have to be, you know, proactive about or do yourself since someone else isn't doing it for you there? Yeah. Um, the birth certificate, you just fill out a form. Like, you, we called mm. um, that vital statistics or whatever. And they're like, oh, we'll send you this form that you need to fill out for a, a home birth. Gotcha. And so they send you this form, you fill it out. And then you have to have like an affidavit of somebody like write a letter just stating like, yes, I knew her while she was pregnant. This is her baby kind of mm. thing, you know, because if there's, if there's no like witnesses, you, know, right. you have to have. Yeah. And then you just, you send that in and then they have you come in for, I mean, they call it an interview, but it was not an, I mean, you just come in to show your ID and, right. you know, all that stuff. And then they, and then they, yeah, gotcha. send it to you. Yeah. That's just where my yeah. mind goes. I was yeah. curious. I know it's, I know, but you know, someone yeah. else was wondering too, Matt, Matthew's looking at me like, why are you asking this ridiculous question? <laughs> Sarah, you would ask questions like, no, <laughs> like that. <laughs> no, but it's true. I mean, because normally you wouldn't do that yourself. Right. So. Right. Yeah. yeah no, so. totally. On you, Matthew. Um, (laughs) Is there anything else now that when you look at your birth, like any just sort of reflections or, um, you know, advice or just support that you would offer other mamas, assisted birth or unassisted birth, you know, just what you've kind of gathered from your experiences? Um, I just can't stress enough, like, the mental aspect of it it's just so important like whether you're pregnant or not now like it's never too early to start if you are pregnant now just submerge yourself or immerse yourself or whatever the word is like just drown yourself in positive birth stuff don't let anybody tell you anything negative don't watch anything negative. Don't read anything negative. Like, it's just, it's not helpful. Like, just stay positive the whole time. It's just, it cannot be stressed enough that that's, it plays a huge part in the outcome of your birth. 
So I, I think that's just the biggest thing for anybody. It doesn't matter what kind of birth you do. I would say even especially in a hospital birth, that has to be like number one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Because there's just so many more factors involved, you know, and, and other elements. And so many outside people. Right talking to you. So it would be a lot easier for people to penetrate you and just to like get into your head. So you, yeah, I think like more than anything, you'd have to go in there with like just a super strong mind. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well said. I agree. Yeah. Uh, Jenny, thank you so much for hanging out with us, for just sharing such an intimate part of your life and of your family and just your, your experience as a woman and a mother. I really appreciate it. And I know so many other mamas and listeners out there appreciate it as well. So you, you are amazing and much gratitude and love to you and the whole family. Yes. Thank you so much. Quick note about the Doing It at Home podcast. Matthew and I are not doctors or medical professionals, and nothing we say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. If you have medical or health-related questions, please take them to a trained professional. We're here simply to entertain you with stories and conversations about pregnancy, birth, and parenthood. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved, Dadages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgle. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Dadages. That's D-A-D-A-G-E-S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.